Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're joining Jules Kelty, Executive Director of the Focus Points Family Resource Center in Denver, Colorado. So, welcome, Jules. Thank you, Peter. I'm happy to be here. So tell us about your academic background. Happily. Um, I went to Grinnell College for my undergraduate degree and majored in sociology and global studies. Then I got my master's degree at University of Denver Corbell School of International Studies with a focus on nonprofit management. Um, and then I got a teaching certificate from Metro State University in Denver. Okay, talk us about your some of your work experience. Most of my work, well, I started my career as an elementary school teacher for Denver Public Schools. And while I was teaching, I was always working a couple jobs. Um, well, for a while, I worked uh, teaching and then catering on the side. And for a while, I was a teacher and a barista, which, fun story, I met my husband while I was a barista, just kept coming in for a cup of coffee. And um, after, once I, I went to school got, and got my master's while I was teaching. And once I finished that, then I went into the nonprofit sector and built my career up through the development side of things. Um, and now I'm the executive director, as you mentioned, and also an adjunct professor for University of Denver Corbell, where I went to got my master's at. So you mentioned some of the organizations that you may have worked for. I think one was Red Cross, and were there others? Yeah, I started my time with Colorado AIDS Project, and then went to Colorado Youth at Risk, which is a mentoring agency, and then was with the American Red Cross, Colorado Wyoming chapter, um, I was a development director for the Rocky Mountain Multiple Sclerosis Center, and then uh, ended up here as, with Focus Points. Okay, so tell me a little bit about Focus Points. When did it start, and uh, who started it? The Focus Points was started in about 26 years ago, and it was started by some community members who asked us for English classes. Uh, the theme with focus points throughout our 26 years is that we've always uh, responded to community voice and included community voice in our programming. And our mission is to build better communities by strengthening families. And it's not just one organization, is it? It is one organization, but we actually have um, a LLC under our organization, which runs our three social enterprises. So as an agency overall, we specialize in workforce development, family support services, community education, and then we have the social enterprise component. Under social enterprise, we have three of them. One of them is called Kamal Heritage Food Incubator, another one called Huerta Urbana, and finally we're about to launch one called Kokura, which is Community Culinary Accelerator. We are a busy agency. Okay, can you expand a little on the first two? Sure. So Kumal Heritage Food Incubator was started in 2016. 
it uh, began as uh, in response to a few community members. Some women came together and said, you know, we're really good cooks, but we would like to start our own businesses. They were all immigrants. And we were fortunate enough to have um, some funding to be able to launch the endeavor. What Komal does is it, um, you know, uh, interested chefs come in, present their heritage foods. We take those heritage foods and bring them into the culinary sector, you know, teaching technical skills and business skills along the way. And then participants can either go into the field as chefs or launch their own businesses. Um, the second one is called Huerta Urbana, uh, Huerta for short, Huerta Urbana in Spanish means uh, urban ag and orchard, Huerta means orchard for short. And that um, program addresses workforce development skills within urban ag and food insecurity. We are, part, we, our location is located in a food desert. And so we're building out our property to be an uh, urban farm as well. I think we better explain something. Mm -hmm. You speak more than one language, and part of that is because you lived in Europe for a while. Can you talk about that? Sure. So I grew up speaking French. I actually grew up in West Africa and Francophone countries, Mali and Niger, and then moved to the United States and in college decided to switch from French to Spanish and then have been learning Spanish since then. I wouldn't say that I am, uh, I was fluent in French as a kid, but it's you know, haven't they had the opportunity to practice it? Um, I would say I'm proficient at this point in Spanish and French comes back, you know, when I get the opportunity, but there's not as many opportunities now. I love my job because we are, we speak Spanish and English all the time at work. A hundred percent of our staff is bilingual, at least some are trilingual or more. Um, majority of staff are Spanish English, but we do have some staff members who speak Africana, French, um, Hindi, any number of languages. And for us, it's just important that someone understands the value of speaking another language and has the experience of learning one since we also teach English classes. That's important for us to understand what participants are also going through. And, um, you know, and I would say we have varying degrees of proficiency within our our staff and their abilities within uh, two languages. So Jules, you, it's not all about you. You have a team. Can you talk about your team a little bit? Yes, it's not all about me. And um, we have an amazing team. Um, we have members of our team who've been participants and who have uh, then become staff members. That's important to us that we hire from community. Um, we have staff members who are English teachers um, and educators. We have staff members who've come from the business sector and decided to get into the nonprofit work. Um, we just have a, we have social workers on staff. You know, I could point to any number one of our staff members and, and talk about their, um, their talents and their contributions to our staff. We have about 55 employees and about two thirds of those, those are full time. And so it'd take me quite a while to go through each one, but I can guarantee you that they're an amazing group of people and uh, I feel really lucky to get to work with them. And with any uh, business like yours, you learn from them as well as you teach them. Um, staff or other organizations? Staff. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We have a very collaborative spirit at focus points. And so we're constant and we also uh, practice a growth mindset. And so we are constantly learning from each other and we talk about having an insatiable curiosity to learn more as well. Absolutely. We're learning from that each other. Okay. Talk about partnerships, how important they are to your organization. Partnerships are huge. So as I mentioned, community education is one of our four pillars. And as a family resource center, we're tasked to provide a two-generation model, which means services for parents and children, and also comprehensive services. Well, we have a lot of programs. We cannot do everything. And families have a variety of needs, right? So we will partner intentionally with other um, nonprofits in the Denver metro area to make sure that we're providing families what they need. If we can't do it, we want to make sure that we know someone who can. And I talked to staff about warm handoffs. You know, we don't, I don't ever want us to just hand someone a worksheet and say, read this and make a call. I'd like us um, instead to say, you know, let me make a call over here. I know someone at this agency. Let me uh, talk to them and see how we can get you some help and then give people the steps. Um, as a family resource center, you know, our long-term impact is looking at financial stability and personal and family sustainability. And what gets in the way of that a lot of times is just navigating um, our systems. And our systems are not always uh, friendly to, um, to all members of our society. And so we work a lot at just helping participants navigate those systems and have access to support and opportunities. So it's interesting, when I looked at the financials on your website, it's around 80% grants and 50% earned income. Can you talk a little bit about those two areas? Sure. Those stats are a bit off. We're closer to about 80%, yet um, grants and foundations and about 20% earned revenue. I thought you just said 50 I just wanted to clarify 15, that. 15. Yeah, no, so it's more like 20% earned revenue. Earned revenue is anywhere from, is mainly our social enterprises. So as you know, a social enterprise is a business with a social cause. So we are, um, you know, we do have revenue. How much we make actually is limited because Focus Points practices what's called an um, earn while you learn model. And so all participants earn a stipend while they're in our programs. And that is an important piece of how we do our social enterprises because like I said, as a family research center, we're trying to promote financial um, stability for families. And our education system is one of privilege where you have to forego wages in order to have access to learning and training opportunities. So we combine those two things. And when participants are in programs, they're earning a stipend while they're in it. and Hopefully, we're setting them up to for careers and businesses long-term that can pro provide for their families. Um, a little fact, we've put about a million dollars back into community with this kind of model. The flip side of it, we're not, we we're not keeping as much as you would without that model, but we really believe in investing in community wealth. Our foundations and grants are a mix of uh, government grants mainly federal grants that support our education programs of adult English classes and early childhood education programs. And then we are trying to build out our individual 
um, donor base as well. That's our smaller smallest pocket, and we're actively um, working on that and investing in relationships and spreading the word about what we do, just like what we're doing here today. Do you have any uh, corporations who sponsor or provide in-kind support or volunteer support? All of the above. And we build partnerships with corporate sponsors. Um, you know, one way has been, you were talking about partnerships earlier. We, through our social enterprises, we've had really generous landlords in the areas that we've had our um, Kumal Heritage Food Incubator and now Kokua. And those, uh, one of them is Zeppelin uh, Development and the other one is Rhino Art District. And we would not be able to do those two endeavors without landlords who understand the purpose of social good and are willing to work with us and what we can do all the way to um, right now we're working with uh, Centura Health who's supporting us on a farm box for Huerta Urbana and that'll give us 3.5 more acres that we can farm. Um, we love, we welcome volunteers. We've had volunteers helping to build out our farm. We'll continue to need that help and um, you know I could go through the whole list but we, de we definitely um, work with companies and businesses, and we hope that it's a uh, mutually beneficial relationship. Do you have any involvement with the homeless communities of Denver? You know, we actually do not, and that's a huge need within Denver. Um, we did explore that because that had come up in community, and we just don't have the infrastructure, honestly, to be able to provide services. So that's an example where we sought out community partners to build those relationships and make sure that when we have um, participants who are dealing with homelessness, that we can provide them with those with that support. Um, having said that, I did just remember we do receive some private funding that helps us when families are in uh, an emergency situation of um, helping them with a deposit or possibly helping them avoid eviction. And we do have some ability there. Um, but as I mean, Denver's in a housing crisis and there's very limited opportunities as well. So we're working with our um, funding and uh, nonprofit partners to provide as supports where we can. As I mentioned to you, I think last time, Jules, we have a homeless entrepreneur program that mm. teaches homeless people how to start a business. And uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. Because uh, these people, as you know, have knowledge, mm -hmm. they have skills. Absolutely. Something went wrong in their life. Mm -hmm. And with a little bit of help, mm -hmm. they can turn that around and turn it into a business. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to learn more about that. Okay. Uh, not the right fit for us. I definitely know some partner agencies that that, that could be the right fit for, but yeah, becoming an entrepreneur is part of the American spirit. And um, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different communities that can benefit from that. And that we, you know, I know Focus Points, we try to provide that as an opportunity for participants who are interested. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I work with a number of startups and, and help with over 2,000 business plans. And I've run the Homeless Entrepreneur Program here, and it's also run by a gentleman in Barcelona, Spain, 
And he's in three communities over there, and he's from Minnesota. So he uh, he moved, married a lady over there, and he has an interesting background. That's an, oh, that's he does, he does. Yeah. So let's think a little bit into the future, and I think you mentioned mm-hmm. last time that you're working on your strategic plan. We are. We are going into our strategic plan right now, okay. and. Let's talk about where you're going to be three years from today. What's the organization going to look like three years from today? Is it going to have more nonprofits? Are you going to set up social franchises in other parts of Colorado? Because you have the you have the model, and I think with manuals. You could replicate that model in other communities in Colorado or outside of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you brought up the social under, the social franchising last time. I thought that was uh, I thought that was great. Um, so, in three years, you know, I really believe in listening to community, and so we're starting this this strategic planning process by. Um, surveying community and asking communities to provide community members and participants to provide their input of what programming is helpful to them, where they'd like to see improvements. And as a staff, we'll take the information that we know and create a strategic plan for those three years. So I'm hesitant to say exactly what it'll be. What I do know is we'll continue to be grounded in um, the tenants of a a family resource center, which are long-term financial stability and personal and, and family sustainability. And we'll still likely do work in workforce development, family support services, community education, and our social enterprises. Will there be multiple focus points? I don't know. Um, we'll probably expand or consider expanding um, satellites for our programs, so having different program sites. And in terms of social enterprises, I think we're looking at replicable models. I'm not sure it's the the franchise model, but we're certainly having those kinds of conversations because we do know that we run good programs and there's and um, there's other communities that could benefit from them. Is that that question? Yeah, I, I think the key is, you know, you've built something and you, it's always beneficial to share that with other communities. Yeah, because you you have such a good model. Thank you, thank you. And uh, I think it's important to do that. So we, great. Mm-hmm. What, what do you need from your community? So, you know, let's see. What we could use help with right now is probably financial support for our social enterprises. Um, those are businesses with a social cause Two of them are in the culinary industry, and as people know, that's been hit hard uh, with COVID. And so some investment funds to help us uh, just give us some backing and give us some some room to to breathe a bit would be really helpful. Um, And then, you know, I think um, Focus Points does a really good job of seeing people for who they are and recognizing kind of this expert knowledge, right? that each person has, and I would just welcome audience members to, to join us in that, this really collaborative, um, um, 
concept of, of all of us being part of the same community and celebrating what each person has to bring to, to the table. So I think those are two things that are really helpful to, are valuable to focus points. Um, and if you're local, we welcome volunteers. And, um, and I think, you know, learning from one another. I know there's things we can share, but I know there's a lot out there that we could learn from too. Well, you can also have online volunteers. So that's a good point. That's don't, a very, don't limit yourself to well, it's taught us anything, right? We can we can have COVID. Yeah, we can have hybrid models. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, having said all of this, you have a family. What do they think of what you're doing? Oh, you're so sweet. Um, they, I think they're really proud of mom, you know, um, my husband's really supportive of what I do and is kind of a sounding board when I come home, he himself owns a small business. So that's a really great reference point when we're helping entrepreneurs and, um, my daughters, you know, I have one who's becoming bilingual as well. And I would hope that they, um, incorporate service into their long-term plans as well. I think um, that's a value that, that we talk a lot about in our family. So is your oldest daughter involved in any way? My oldest daughter, um, she's my stepdaughter, and she is 18, and she's trying to figure out what she wants to do as her next step. And I think that's a really exciting age in one's life. And um, I know that whatever she decides, she's going to be great at. Okay. But she's not involved right now. In the organization, no. She right now is, um, she's applied to Metro State University, where I also went, which we're excited about. And I think she's, um, she's a talented artist. She's thought about nursing, which is also a, f- a field of service. And so, but... You know, when you're 18, man, there's so many options you have in the world. And I think one of the my parents, when I was around that same age, they told me, we want you to go to college to learn to read and write well. Um, and then we want you to know that a lot of people have up to five, six different careers, and that's okay. Just stay open to options and opportunities. And we talk, you know, I'd like to think our daughters know that, that they can do the same. Okay, and last but not least, your website. What's the address of your website? So our website is focuspoints.org, F-O-C-U-S-P-O-I-N-T-S.org. People are welcome to um, contact me directly, and it's Jules, J-U-L-E-S, at focuspoints.org. Terrific. Been a real pleasure to talk to somebody who's passionate about what you're doing. And thank you. I feel really lucky to love what I'm doing. And I want to thank you for having this podcast and, and spreading this this good word. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Peter.